What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 17 of season two. I'm your host, Kurt Field. And it is your boy, Brundog. I am currently, right now, the president of the Lamar Jackson 5 fan club. Kurt, may I ask you, who is the Lamar Jackson 5? Bruno, the Lamar Jackson 5 just so happens to be my fantasy team in our league. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because, in case you didn't pick up on it already, last night, absolutely in electric fashion, Kurt won the fantasy championship. So, Kurt, that's a clap. Hopefully, all you listeners out there can hear. I'm clapping for Kurt. I'm not going to stand up. I'm sitting down, so it's a sitting clap. We had an electric championship. I know this is what you all tuned in for, so I'm going to break it down for you really quick. Mm -hmm. Heading into the last slate of games... Kurt had one player left, or well, kind of the last player left for each team. It was Jason, our boy Jason Lublin on the other side. Kurt had Devontae Adams left. Jason had Stephon Dix left. So if you are a fantasy fan, you kind of know where this is going. Both players. The game, went our, off. our matchup was tied at 98 apiece. Oh, yeah. And so obviously, Kurt has Devontae Adams, who, in case you didn't know <clears throat> or weren't following, obviously he's an unreal wide receiver, but forecasts all over the world. We're predicting feet of snow for that game. And maybe it wasn't actually feet, but it was very snowy. So what do you often think when it's snowing? You probably aren't going to have a great receiving day. You probably are going to try to run the ball, all that stuff. Well, let me tell you, Devonta Adams had about a million touchdown catches that game. <laughs> yeah, and thank God he did. Yep. Because Jason's boy, Stephon Diggs, did the <laughs> same thing to the Patriots last night. So And so, obviously, we knew going in we didn't have Gilmore. So it was like, oh, boy, like uh, so why don't we strap in? So The first two touchdowns Diggs caught were cute. They, those were yeah. cute. I was like, oh, okay, that was nice. Make it make it close. And right. then the third one, I was like, oh, God. what the fuck is going on? <laughs> I, I truly thought I was going to lose. Bruno and I were just talking about it because Stephon Diggs' last touchdown catch came with like a full quarter to go. Oh, yeah. And – the final score of our game was like 129. Let me see. I got it up. Yeah, it was, it was like two points. Yeah, it was 129.12 uh, for me. And Jason had um, – oh, no. This is the wrong matchup. God damn it, Kurt. No, it was like 129, 127. Yeah, that's, like yeah that. that's what it was. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. But it's just – Yeah. You had to hold on to your butt cheeks the entire fourth quarter. I did, and thank God the Patriots <laughs> were getting blown out. Who would have – who would have thunk? <laughs> Who would have thunk it? So, anyways, congrats to Kurt. If, if you see him around this week, uh, let him know that he's the champ champ. Champ champ. Um, thanks, Bruno. Appreciate it. <laughs> Bruno's uh, playoff rosters are always electric. Bruno, oh, yeah. just real quick, what do you do in the playoffs? When, well, you, when, when you're out, what do you do? All time, I'm averaging 0, 0.0 points per game in the playoffs. Um, that's because usually I don't make the playoffs, so we have this little uh, loser's ladder thing. So, in the loser's ladder, uh, I always like to say my crops have been ruined. So, I bench all my starters for not making the playoffs. And then I pick up some uh, sa some savvy veterans. So, I think this year my playoff roster was Eli Manning, Marshawn Lynch, Kelvin Benjamin, and Adam Vinatieri. So, the boys. <laughs> my God. <laughs> so, they didn't put up many points. Oh, let me tell you that. That would have been a great roster in like 2013. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you know. It is, it is what it is. It is what it is. Bruno, let's kick it off uh, with our other NFL action this week, starting on <clears throat> Christmas Day. Um, the Vikings at the Saints. A good old-fashioned beatdown in New Orleans. Yeah, and so I have two fantasy teams. I'm in my other league. I made the championship as well. My opponent had Alvin Kamara, Kurt. And so I don't need to say any more to say how that matchup went. That's all you need to let us know. Alvin Kamara went absolutely bananas. The, Vi the Saints put up 52 points, and Alvin Kamara scored six touchdowns. And he could have had seven. Yes. Should e have had seven. Easily, easily could have been seven. <laughs> uh, Sean Payton pulls Kamara out at the goal line, lets Taysom Hill get into the end zone. Uh, that was... That was a remarkable game from a remarkable player. Yeah, and I'm not going to lie. I might have to sue... 
the Saints Sean Payton for collusion because I saw after the game Sean Payton's son had Kamara on his fantasy team and his son won the fantasy championship. You don't think there's a little something fishy there, Kurt? Mm, you think a reason the game plan just called for Kamara to have a bazillion points in fantasy? Like, hmm, hmm, Sean Payton. Yes, interesting. But, you know, my uh, my losses aside, you know, my two fantasy teams, one doesn't score points in the playoffs ever, which I the first one and the second one was actually good but lost. So you know, I'm not I'm not mad. I'm not mad. Tragic. Anyways. The larger takeaway is that, you know, we knew the Vikings defense wasn't that good. We knew the Saints were pretty solid, but still, I don't, like, I was not expecting them to score this many points and do it all with Kamara, so. Correct. I But good thing Kamara went off because um, Drew Brees, he doesn't look that good, Bruno. He yeah. looks a little bit washed. Yeah, and we, it's, again, this isn't something that we maybe haven't seen coming. I think last week and previously, we were a little more liable to say, like, He's coming back from injury, maybe. But again, like we've been talking about, if he's playing, that means he's healthy enough to play. And the more games kind of where it seems like he'll throw the, bo the ball like two yards and Kamara will run it the other 50. Uh, <laughs> you know, it seems like Drew Brees isn't uh, doing as much as maybe he used to. No, I said this in a, co a couple podcasts ago that Drew Brees is what people think Tom Brady is. People think Tom Brady's right. washed and he's simply not. And Drew Brees mm, looks like he actually is washed. And people are like, oh. It's Drew Brees. Who cares? So it's just let's 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 have one narrative and stick to it. Please. Yeah, the classic Peyton Manning. Uh, his last year throwing ducks all over the field. Correct, correct. So after uh, the Christmas Day game, we had three games on Saturday. The first one being Tom Brady <laughs> and the Bucks at Ford Field in Detroit, just laying the wood. Yeah, unloading all of their frustrations on those poor lines. I mean, Tom Brady threw four touchdowns in the first half. He threw for almost 350 yards in the first half, and then he sat. Like a, like, a, <laughs> like a little boy on the bench. And it's uh, – what did they score in the first half? They scored 34. 34 points in the in the first half. Yep. Uh, they broke like 17 Buccaneers records. It felt like this game. Uh, just, you know, I'm happy for Tom, but it also sucks so much. Because, like, <laughs> so many of those throws, Bruno, like those weren't throws to wide open guys. Yes, it was Detroit's defense. But, like, some of those throws to Mike Evans deep, to Gronk, Gronk. deep, the Godwin <laughs> one-handed catch. Yeah. Like – that was pinpoint accuracy, and it was just like it just reminded you of the glory days, Bruno. <laughs> it did, it did, and especially just compared to the both the Patriots recently, and especially this week, not great. Um, I, again, I, I have nothing really to add. I agree with you completely. It felt like you know, I don't know about the Patriots of old because the Patriots of old never had all of those weapons. No. Obviously, we had Gronk and maybe some other wide receivers, right? But that the amount of weapons we didn't have. The only other thing I'll add is, like, I don't know if you – I'm sure you saw this. The Lions, like, coaching staff had, like, a COVID, either close contact or actual outbreak. So, like, they were, like, putting coaches who coached, like, wide receivers and being like, are you going to call the defensive plays today? Yes. <laughs> so, not that they mattered because it's the Lions, but, like, I'm sure that didn't help. Yeah, they had <laughs> six coaches out, including their interim head coach. So, like, mm, if you're going up against the Buccaneers anyway, good luck. And now you're doing it with literally, like, you and I calling plays. Can you imagine? <laughs> I'd be like, so Kurt, uh, spider two wide banana. Yeah, every play, <laughs> every play on yeah. defense. Yeah, no, that'd be wild. Yeah, so. Um, I that yeah, I have nothing else for that game. Nope. Bucks are good. Lions are not. That was that. Confidence booster. Here was an upset. 49ers go on the road and they beat Arizona twenty to twelve. This game was actually very very important because of seeding in the NFC playoff picture. I believe right now the Cardinals are out. The Bears are the seven seed. Um, so. That was a big loss for Arizona at a really, really, really bad time. And it's 
The 49ers defense has gone through so many injuries this year, but somehow still stymied the, the Cardinals offense. And the return of George Kittle, Bruno, proved to be, it loomed large in this game because he had four receptions for 92 yards, set, them, set the 49ers up multiple times throughout the game, and ultimately they win the game by eight points. Yeah, and let's also not throw this out there. Or sorry, let's throw. Let's not forget about this. Let's throw this out there. I combined those to the incorrect thing, but then I fixed it. So here we are. Um, the 49ers started CJ Beathard. So there's a cool story before the game. I think it was like he hasn't started a game in two years, and like it was almost exactly the year anniversary of like his brother passing away. So he was very emotional. Of course, you know, as it always seems to happen in these sport games, like things line up absolutely perfectly. He makes his first start in forever, and he comes out with the win. Like it wasn't even Nick Mullins, it wasn't even Jimmy G. They're down to C.J. Beathard, right? And they had signed like um, who's the uh, Cardinal former Car- Josh, Josh Rosen. Rosen? They had signed him recently, so part of me was like thinking that they would just sign him and start him, which would have been hilarious, which would have meant like they had no confidence in C.J. Beathard, obviously. But anyways, so C.J. Beathard was pretty solid. Uh, going to your point as well, like you know, and I'm sure he loved having Kittle out there. They went to college together, so that's kind of cool. Um, so that was one. I have two. I have two kind of like takeaways from this game. Number one. I feel like we've been hearing forever that Robert Sala, what's his name? The defensive coordinator for the 49ers. People have been talking about forever how he's going to be a head coach soon. I think there was a lot of rumors last year and he chose to stay. And then obviously I think he's like either from Michigan or Detroit. So I know the Lions wanted him or maybe they will interview him after the season. So he's obviously doing a great job. So he'll get an interview or two or three or four for sure in the offseason. And then number two, Kurt, and like this is kind of a question for you, like – are the Cardinals just like one of the more disappointing teams in the NFL? Like I, it's crazy to me that they have all this talent and like, I, I don't want to say like you can draw any definitive conclusions because what it's Kingsbury's, this is his second, second year, year with second year. With yeah. And second Tyler. year. Yeah, exactly. So again, like things, you know, it doesn't always work out from the start. Right. But like the amount of talent they have and the fact that their defense is even kind of like not bad. It's like, I don't really know what's going to happen. And honestly, like, they're a uh, Hail Mary away from the Bills win. A Hail Mary win against the Bills away from being even worse than they are. Right. So Being like, eliminated. Right. So I, I think you nailed it. I think they need the Bears to lose next week, and they also need to win, which is crazy because they just have to win out, and then they would be in the playoffs. So I don't know what's going to happen. But, yeah, I the Cardinals to me, it's like they're our team, but, like, they're struggling. And I don't know what the right. future is holding for them. It hasn't it, – it looked like this season was going to be a step in the right direction, but it really hasn't been for the Cardinals, like you mentioned – um, I don't know who they play next week, but I know Chicago goes to Green Bay. So the door is definitely still open for the Cardinals to get into the playoffs. Um, who are they playing? They're playing the Rams, but Jared Oof. Goff is out. So they're Oof. starting like John Wolford or I don't know who that is, but yeah, they're starting know. some backup. Okay. And, so, the, and the Rams look like shit this week too. So we'll get to that. But yeah. okay. In, the NFC is a, it's riveting watching all riveting. this come down to the final weekend and the NFC East has a whole bunch of stuff that could go on, so it'll be an exciting Week 17 in the NFC at least. And, and you know, it just feels great to have both of our teams probably missing playoffs. Kurt, it feels feels just absolutely great. God <laughs> damn it! Uh, sometimes you win and sometimes you lose it's twice. So, <laughs> uh, the last game on Saturday was a massive game in the AFC. The Dolphins eliminate the Raiders from postseason contention on a wild, wacky, whimsical. Last uh, last second field goal to seal the deal. They win 26-25 in Vegas. Um, story for me in this game. For the third time this season, Brian Flores benched to a Tonga Vailoa. And he went to Fitzpatrick, and Fitzpatrick bailed them out again. Right after the game, Flores says, Tua's our starting quarterback next week, and I don't know why. 
Yeah, Kurt, you, you hit the nail on the head. Like, it was an exciting end to the game. Like, the actual game itself was exciting because the Raiders drove all the way down. They chose not to score and hit a field goal instead. There's like a minute left, and then Fitzmagic comes in. Absolutely electric game any drive. They hit a field goal win by one. So that was cool. But your point is absolutely the major takeaway. I don't understand the messages going on here. And, like, I don't know if there's more at play we don't know. Like, I don't know if the above people are saying either play Tua or don't play Fitz or whatever they're saying. But you can't deny that when Fitz came in yesterday, it looked completely different. Like, the game kind of sucked and yeah. was nothing before it, he came in. Right. And then he comes in and it's, like, we always say Fitz magic. It was literally Fitz magic. Like, yeah. So the Tua thing, in the Patriots game last week, Tua didn't look that good in terms of he was very handcuffed by like play calling. A lot right. of it was bootlegs, dumping into the dumping it to the flats, letting the receivers and backs do the works, do the work. This game too, he was 17 of 22. Right, that sounds fine, but only for 94 yards. That's 4.3 yards per per pass. That's simply not going to cut it in the NFL. No. Ryan Fitzpatrick goes in is nine of 13 for 182 yards. Yeah. So he literally <laughs> threw eight passes less than you and doubled your your yards yeah and this goes back to i think what you and i were talking about we've talked about this before but it's like it feels like the dolphins are trying to get the best of both worlds like if you're trying to win now it seems very clearly you're starting fitzpatrick if you're trying to like give to an experience that sets you up for the future and that might be good in the long run but like they kind of are to have i feel like they're just continuing to waffle between what they want to do but it's like at this point we're like at the last week of the season you're in the playoff like you should be trying to win now right like i don't i don't think if you're trying to set yourself for the future these two games are really going to do all that match with these last like three or four that have been i they should probably just start fits and see like where he could take them Who, like fits magic starting i wouldn't rule anything out like yeah I'm, i wouldn't bet on them to like beat the chiefs if they play the chiefs but it's fits magic who knows yeah it is fits magic who knows i i don't know if it's the best of both worlds did you see flores's comment about uh using Fitzpatrick as like a relief pitcher. Yeah, but Okay, buddy. Hold on. Yeah. No. <laughs> That's not what this is. You right. don't do that. It's like, oh, ninth inning, time to go to the closer. And that if you're if you're and okay, so in that sense I agree with you, because if you're trying to play for the future, that only sends a message to Tua that it's like you can't you're we don't trust you to win the game. Correct. So that's not super fishy, literally. Yeah, yeah that, was, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Thank so yeah, I, I don't know, but like honestly, like I I don't never thought I'd really be saying this, but I kind of feel bad for Fitzpatrick because it's like all Me he too. does is go out there and win, literally win games and ball out. And it's like, what do you like? What are we doing? Yeah. Like, what some, more does he need to do for you? Put some respect on that boy's name. Yeah. Here's my second takeaway from the game. Like yep. you said, relatively boring game. However, 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 interesting, interesting, interesting. I guess you can call it strategy by the Raiders. Oh, okay. I think it's bullshit. Right, right. So the game was. Oh God, I can't do that math, but. The, the Dolphins were ahead, I think, by by one. Yes, Dolphins were ahead by one. Yep. And what happened was the Vegas Raiders were on the Miami six-yard line with a minute 50 to go in the game. Josh Jacobs up the middle, gets to the one-yard line, falls down, so he doesn't go into the end zone, doesn't score a touchdown. The Raiders are literally playing for the field goal. The next play, uh, we Derek Carr kneels for negative three yards, and then uh, they kick a field goal. So they're like, okay, it happened with 19 seconds to go in the game. Then, oh, then, <laughs> then the Fitzmagic happened. Okay, so the the Dolphins get the ball, get the ball back with 19 seconds. Fitzpatrick looks down the left sideline, gets face masked. As he's being face masked and not looking, throws a bomb down the left sideline. It's completed, and then they tack on an extra 15 yards 
for the face mask, and the Dolphins kick a field goal, and they win. It was literally bananas. Ludicrous. Ludicrous. Luda. Um, <laughs> so the Dolphins look really good in terms of where they're headed in the postseason. They if they have Buffalo this week, so that's not good for them. But um, my guess is they probably probably still make the playoffs. Yeah, I would agree with that too. My my one point I want to add on because you you brought up that situation which was, which was good to go over, and I heard other people saying this like online and stuff, and I figured it's good to at least bring up too. Earlier this season, I think it was when they played the Chiefs, the Raiders, when they played the Chiefs and they lost. They did they scored, and then they left the Chiefs a minute left. They gave the Chiefs like a minute. They scored with like a minute left against the Chiefs, and then I think that was the game where the Chiefs with the easiest game winning drive of all time right. and went down and scored. So people were saying it makes sense that he lost like that earlier in the season, which is why he wanted to do a field goal thing now. And like. You can kind of argue that it was the right decision. Yeah, the Dolphins they, got the ball back in 19, 19 seconds. 19 yeah. seconds. And again, no timeouts. It took a miracle, like, no-look pass combined with a face mask to even get to the point no, of I hear you. field goal. I hear you. But it is kind of crazy. Like, you can you can definitely look back on that and be like, if you had scored, even if that miracle thing had still happened, they would have needed a touchdown instead of a field goal. So, like, you can kind of look back and say that. But it's kind of crazy that it just seems like Gruden, like, is trying to do the best of these decisions in both these games. Yeah. Does it differently both times and still loses both times. Yeah, it so. showed me he had no faith in his defense. But it is what it is. It is what it is. Going to the Sunday slate of games now, this first one pisses me off. The Falcons lose at Arrowhead uh, 17-14. They should have won the game. Yeah, uh, our boy, Young Waiku, which I have been saying wrong, Young Hoku. I guess it's Young Waiku. So I guess so. Stand up, uh, you know, old takes expose me, if you will. But anyways, <laughs> but he's been like the best kicker in the NFL this season. Of course, he plays the Chiefs and then misses the field goal at the end of the game to tie it up. It's like, bro. Pretty short one, too, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know the exact distance, but it was makeable, especially for our boy Koo. Kurt, I'm not going to lie to you. Chiefs look like stinky poo-poo. And maybe you could say they played down to the level of competition. They are the Chiefs. Here's what I'm a little worried about with the Chiefs. I, I mean... Not to disrespect the actual game itself, the Falcons' defense held the Chiefs under 20 points, which is crazy. Right. That's crazy. That's like bananas. The, not like their offense really looked that good, but still. Anyways, the Chiefs won by three. My takeaway that I'm kind of scared with is this. We've always seen in the past, especially with the person I hate the most, and I'm, I hate the Chiefs, so I can make this comparison with LeBron. His calves in the regular season or his heat or whatever it was always look like shit in the regular season. But then the second they get the playoffs, they are able to do the, like, flip the switch. A lot of teams say they can flip the switch. Like, we hear that a lot. But we don't often see it. Like, you're only, if you, only the team that wins is really able to be like, we efficiently did it. Part of me is, like, the Chiefs look like shit. And they're, you know, right for the Bills or someone to come in and take them to the playoffs. I'm also a little worried that, like, when it starts getting real, they're going to yeah. score, like, 50 a game. So, like, I don't know what you're – I don't know – like, are you taking away from this game, Kurt, the fact that they only beat the Falcons by three, they scored less than 20 points, and they needed, a, a, like, a crazy miss from the most reliable kicker away? Are you taking that as a sign of worry, or are you saying you're more likely to be like, the Chiefs are going to be fine in the playoffs? Come? I'm of the mindset the Chiefs are not as good as they look. Okay. I think the Chiefs are good, obviously. I think they're the best team in the AFC, but I don't think they're this juggernaut that nobody has a chance against. Um, here's why. The Falcons have a terrible defense and held them to 17 points. They also dropped two interceptions. The Chiefs should not have even scored 17 points. Fair. And if you go over their last, let's see, one, two, uh, three, yep, four, five, one. six, seven games, okay? They won against the Panthers by two. Mm -hmm. They won against the Raiders by four. They won against the Bucks by three. They won against the Broncos by six, but at the Dolphins by six, at the Saints by three, versus the Falcons by three. Every game is with one score. Yeah, and on one hand... 
they're the anti-chargers, and it's remarkable that they consistently win those. But on the other hand, that's a dangerous line to be just walking 24-7. Like, And it's been seven straight weeks. Right. So it, it's not a fluke. It's not like a one or right. twice thing here at the end of the season. It's been seven games in a row. <laughs> so, And I know they've had leads in some of them and let up, but still, let's keep keep your eye on that moving forward because I think <sighs> – We'll get to it, but I think there's a certain team up Ooh. in Buffalo, New York, who, who I think could be a very good matchup yeah. against the Chiefs. And, Kurt, like, the margin for error is a lot smaller in the playoffs. Like, the Falcons, they, they won't be seeing the Falcons in the playoffs. They won't be seeing the Panthers in the playoffs. They won't be seeing all these teams that they're barely beating. Once you get to the playoffs, they always say it becomes more intense, more physical, more whatever. So, like, again, like you said, Kurt, I will certainly keep my eye on it. You certainly will. Moving right along, uh, wow. <laughs> I, I, if you're if you're a fan of football, you probably know what game we're about to talk into. But just wow, wow! The New York Jets two game <laughs> two game win streak. They knock off the Browns twenty three sixteen. But obviously, let's start start at the top here. The Browns got some terrible news yep. the day before the game. Yep. Three of their wide receivers could not play in the game. That's uh, finding that out the day before the game is not ideal. Right? Not ideal. Yeah, somehow, Stefanski, uh, the Browns head coach, thought it was a grand idea to let Baker Mayfield throw 53 times to people <laughs> who don't know how to play wide receiver in the NFL. And um, it backfired. Yeah. And m- mightily. And, like, when you have Chubb and Hunt on your team, I saw a lot of chunt going around before the game. <laughs> that's that's what they affectionately call them. Yep. What are we doing throwing it 53 times? Can, yeah. I, just, can I just ask that question? No, I, you <laughs> can ask. I don't have an answer for you, though. Yikes. Yikes. So the Jets two straight games they have officially officially knocked themselves out of trevor lawrence contention no matter what happens no matter what happens in week 17 where i hope they beat the patriots um (laughs) but two game win streak the jets but now the browns they're they're skating on thin ice right now the colts are the team that's out in the afc playoff picture they need some help but if the browns lose next week against the steelers even though the steelers are sitting everybody they could be on the outside looking in. Yeah, and we all know that the Browns have historically struggled against uh, their division when it matters. And so, obviously, this year they've been looking to change some minds, and they've played really well. However, they can't be not thinking about the nightmares of seasons past, right? They can't be thinking about maybe that they're cursed or whatever. I saw on Twitter that I think Mason Rudolph is starting for the Steelers. Not going to lie to you, that might not even be a downgrade with the way Big Ben is playing. So, like, that yeah. is, I don't even know if, as a Browns fan, you're happy about that, to be honest. So, yeah, I they definitely have to be nervous because they controlled their destiny. And like you said, unfortunate circumstances, it sucks having all your wide receivers out. But, like, if your season came down to just you have to beat the Jets and you are almost assured of making the playoffs, like, if you can't beat the Jets, I don't know what to tell you. Correct. That's that's all. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. This next game. Eesh, 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 mm. eesh, eesh. Okay, we both picked the Colts in our pick six over the Steelers this week. And if you asked us at the end of the first half, we would have said we were in a good spot. Yep. But then we weren't in a good spot because nope. ultimately the Steelers come back. They win 28-24 after scoring 21 points in the second half. Right. This game was 24-7 to in, with five minutes to go in the third quarter. And then all of a sudden, the Steelers' offense, which looked like it, could not have, it couldn't do anything all day, got hot. And I guess that's what happens when you have some wide receivers like the Steelers have. But Big Ben looked terrible in the first half. The only reason the Pittsburgh scored in the first half was because of their defense. Right. So... You can look at this two ways. Was it more of a impressive second half by the Steelers or a complete collapse by the Colts? Yeah, that's a good point. And before I answer that directly, I just want to bring up something that I saw on Twitter that I wanted to ask you about. I saw that 
reports were saying that in the first half, the Colts like knew what plays the Steelers were going to run. Apparently, like the way they've been play- practicing or playing or I don't know, whatever. It's been very predictable. So basically, I saw a lot of people and experts or sources being like Colts knew that this was going to be the plays. And so that's why the first half went the way it did. And then I, in the same reports, they were like Ben Roethlisberger decided to like start calling the plays in the second half and was just like, I'm going to do this on my own. And that's the reason I turned it around. I don't know if that's propaganda. I don't know if that's malarkey. I don't know what it is, but I definitely saw more than one person saying that yesterday on Twitter. So like, I I don't really know what that means. Interesting. I hadn't heard that, but I mean the Colts, the, so the Steelers offense all season has been predicated on short passing game. Right. And the Colts are just sitting on it. They right. were they they were waiting. They right. they pretty much knew it was coming. So that's interesting if they actually knew it was coming. Right. So I don't know. The only other thing though, and so going back to your question, I mean, I think it's just more about the Colts. Like Me you too. Had, you had this game, and like you're you're you should be a playoff team. Like they you like you said, they might end up missing it, but like you should for all like intents and purposes, they should be a playoff team. You can't, you just can't have this kind of loss against a team that's been floundering. They they yeah. lost to the Jets. They were on a free you fall. Had it. Yeah, you had the game, and like you know, uh, that's just one of those things. That's like if you're a playoff team, you're probably winning that game. So like we'll see what happens. But I, I mean, the Steelers. I'm just looking down. Like James Conner, five carries, twenty yards. That ain't good. And no. we know that like Big Ben, you can't rely on him like you used to. So even if you know, the Steelers, I think, clinched the division. So they're in the playoffs. But, like, I I don't think I've ever been scared less of a 12-3 and three team than I am of the Steelers. Correct. But here's what I'll say about this, too. The Colts were 10-4 and four with a chance to make the playoffs. They still, I mean, they still have a chance to make right. the playoffs. They could they could win the division. Right. Um, but with six minutes to go in the game, okay, six minutes to go, it was first down, okay, you're on the Indianapolis 47. So you only have 53 yards to go to the end zone, down by four. Right. With six minutes to go in the game. For whatever reason, Phillip Rivers was playing, like, uh, like with his hair on fire. Like, he was, like, panicking, <laughs> which is weird because you're a veteran who's been in the league for since 2004. And he's also panicked a lot. So yeah. <laughs> it's not correct. his first time panicking. <laughs> correct. So then all of a sudden, he throws his pass into triple coverage deep down the field. It gets picked off. And I was like, you have so much time and it's first down. That can't be the right – that can't be the decision. W-Y-D question mark. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> What are you doing? Okay, so then Pittsburgh gets the ball back. They punt, and then um, the Colts get it back, and they don't do anything with it, and that's the game. Right. So, but just terrible quarterback play by Phillip right. Rivers in a moment where you expect a veteran to be able to, right. to lead you out. The only good thing for the Colts in this game, aside from a good first half, was uh, having Jacoby Brissett come on the field and dance <laughs> after a touchdown. That was ele- Our boy. Our boy. That Wolf back. Shout that, out the Wolf back. That was electric, electric <laughs> stuff. Speaking of electric, Mitch Trubisky. Ooh, what? what a segue. What? Did I just say that? Yes, yes, I did. Chicago Bears, hashtag hot. Could be the hottest team in the NFL right now. Could be the hottest offense in the NFL right now. <laughs> you want Patrick Mahomes? That's cute. They have Mitch Trubisky. Hey, same draft. People hey, forget. same draft. People forget. <laughs> Who went first? Mm, oh, boy. Mitch. Well, Mitchy boy put up 41 at Jacksonville. Jacksonville was very happy about that, though. Yes, they were. <laughs> 41-17 in this game. I have literally no cares in the world. Get Allen Robinson out of Chicago. Bring him to New England. That's all I have to say about that game. Yeah, I have three quick hits in really the really Hit me, hit seconds. me, and hit me. So funny going into this game we were talking about a mike glennon revenge game because he started for the jaguars it's just really funny to say that so i just had a good that was a good uh chuckle before the game uh number two i saw some crazy stat the bears have put up 30 or more points in like four straight games for the first time since like the 60s so uh shout out the bears for doing that here they come we know they were always known for their defense but uh yikes so you know that's that was funny and then number three 
they are looking good. They are looking better. Mitch has come back in and on fire. However, you mentioned it earlier. They needed the Cardinals to lose, and they did. So they were pumped about that. They also needed to win, and they did. So they were pumped about that. However, they are playing their nightmare. I think I forget what I was just saying about night, the Browns with their nightmares. The Bears are playing their nightmare. Maybe the most like horrific villain for a team ever in Aaron Rodgers, who has publicly been like, I love beating the Bears. I love rooting their dreams. I love crushing their spirits. They're playing him next week. And the Packers next week, who we're going to get into that game in a second, but they just had a dominant win this week. And the Packers, I think, still have stuff to play for because I think if they win, they get the one seed. But if they lose, it's not assured. It's something like that. So, like, yeah. they're not going to be resting people. They're going to be trying. They're going. That is, if you're a Bears fan, you are probably pooping your pants seven days straight until that game because that is going to be electric, hopefully, in terms of exciting. But I'm a little nervous for that Packers-Bears game. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see. But I, <laughs> I'm still going to take the Pack in that right. one. Um, the Giants. Oh, the Giants. They had they they were so hot there for a while. Now they're so so cold. Lamar runs all over them. The Ravens win 27-13. Massive win for the Ravens. They have all they're they've pretty much guaranteed. I feel like they're gonna be in the playoffs. Um so Daniel Jones back again. He hasn't looked good since his return. I this I, I don't see the Giants doing anything if they get I mean, I don't see anybody in the NFC East <laughs> doing anything if they get in, but I really don't see any, the Giants. A, winning the division, or if they do, doing anything exciting in the postseason. Yeah, we're going to talk about uh, the certain status of another uh, former NFC East quarterback in a little whoop, bit. Whoop. But speaking of Daniel Jones, they had all the momentum in the world with Colt McCoy. Remember when they went to Seattle and beat Seattle like two or three weeks ago? Remember I was like, when? Yeah, like their defense was on fire, their offense was doing enough, and then no offense to Daniel Jones, but he comes back and they immediately look like stinky poo poo. So, so you tell I me. think they need... The Washington football team to lose, and then they need to beat the Cowboys next week, and they could win the division. The Giants, I'm talking about. Um, but you know, even like you said, even if they do that, I no yeah. confidence in them to do anything in the playoffs. Nope. But good for the Ravens. They looked Lamar looked pretty good throwing the ball, especially early in this game. So who knows? Maybe they have it kind of figured out since since their six and five start. Yeah, and they're honestly for the Ravens, they're probably in a better. If they, wait, are they? They for sure in the playoffs? Not the for, they're not for sure, in, but their percentage is like 80%. Chance. Okay, so say they make it into the playoffs. That's probably better for the Ravens than last season when they went in with, like, number one seed and yeah. MVP and everyone was, like, all this hype. The expectations were high. I don't think expectations are really anything for them if they make the playoffs. Honestly, that could be good for them. So we'll see. Could be. We'll see. Could be. Um, speaking of low expectations, let's talk about <laughs> Houston for a second. Because oh, Houston, we have a problem. Okay, yeah. so Bengals. The four 10-1 Bengals. Go down and they beat the Texans 37-31. I don't care about the game. Brandon Cooks went off, whatever. Right. Brandon Allen did a good job for Cincinnati. That woohoo, yay! Yeah, woohoo, uh, who cares? <laughs> JJ Watt. If yeah. you have not seen the interview, yep. just go look on Twitter. Search JJ Watt. So you don't have to. Leave, don't even have to be Twitter. Just go Google it. JJ Watt went off for like a minute and forty-five seconds about how he kind of called out his teammates yeah, for professionalism. professionalism for not for. You know, not coming to practice and working, not working out off the field. They saying they get to play a game for their career and they don't take it seriously. And he, I feel so bad for JJ Watt because the Texans. I don't think they made the post. Well, they made the postseason last year, but they haven't really done anything in the postseason for like six or seven years. So you've wasted, you've wasted JJ Watt's career pretty much. Um, I want nothing more than for him to be gone. Get him out of get him out of Houston. They're obviously in the middle of a rebuild. I feel terrible for Deshaun Watson, but it's his own fault for signing his contract when he did. So just Houston is a mess. Whoever goes to that situation next, you're in for a long rebuild. But just go listen to the J.J. Watt thing if you haven't. 
Yeah, and Kurt, I don't know what his contract is, but I, I wouldn't hate J.J. Watt to the Patriots. Not going to lie to you. Would I not mean, hate that. No, me either. So, yeah, I, I definitely feel bad for him. It's kind of funny. Uh, you feel, I feel bad for Watt and Watson. Um, and also, at the same time, these Texans beat the Patriots. Yep. We don't, we're not going to talk about <laughs> so that. I'm, just gonna, I, I'm trying to grapple with that one, Kurt, and I would like to stop grappling. Yeah, he has one year left on his deal for next year. Okay. So I'm, I'm j- all I'm saying is Patriots have a lot of cats. Oh, if Bill O'Brien was still there, we could, send, <laughs> yeah. we could send a bag of footballs yeah. down, and we'd have J.J. Watt. I'll trade you for a stick of gum. Yeah. And he, he'd be like, what kind? What flavor? <laughs> Juicy, Juicy fruit? fruit? That Whoa, that was weird. That was we had so many different gum choices to choose from. <laughs> that just felt right. That was... <laughs> Bruno, that was weird. That was wild. I'm creeped out. Oh, I'm Chemistry, creeped. baby. I'm creeped <laughs> out. Oh, my God. So weird. Oh, well, the Denver Broncos lose again this week, 19-16 to to the to the Chargers. But it felt like one of those games the Broncos were scoreless in the first half and then out of nowhere kind of turned it on late in the game. I feel like that's the story for the Broncos this year. They've, they've dug themselves these holes, and then Drew Locke tries to bail them out, and it never ends up getting quite there. So just a poor season for the Broncos. They're five and ten. The Chargers are six and nine. Root for both of those teams to win next week because it helps the Patriots draft stock. Right. So root for both those teams to win. I only have one question for you, Kurt. Agree or disagree? Justin Herbert Justin Herbert is it? Drew Lock ain't it. Agree, Agree or disagree. Drew Lock is not the I don't think he'll be the quarterback there next year. Justin Herbert will be the Chargers quarterback for the next five years. Fair enough. Fair, what, yep. fair enough. Uh let's move to the Panthers and Washington football team. Oh, it was there for the taking. Washington could have sealed the division, I think. They could have yeah. won the division this week. Uh, but they started Dwayne Haskins. And it didn't go well <laughs> because he got cut the next day. So um, uh, this week, so the final score is 20 to, uh, 20 to 13 Carolina. But the story is Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins this week gets caught at a strip club after the game last week. Okay, so he's out with strippers. He puts his entire team at risk because of COVID. He puts his coaching staff uh, at risk because of COVID. His head coach literally has cancer or has just beaten cancer. And he goes out and he goes to a strip club and thinks it's a grand idea. Somehow, some way, he doesn't get suspended by the NFL. Roger Goodell said he, it's Christmas and he was like, he deserves a chance, blah, blah, blah. Weird. Weird. If that was Tom Brady, he would have been literally put on the cross, put on the cross and executed or the goalpost, put on the, <laughs> put on the goalpost <laughs> and executed. <laughs> but um, it's like, so he, he plays, he starts the game. Right. Has three turnovers, and then the next day, Washington's like, thank you for your service. Your key card doesn't work. Yeah, and also, he got benched in the game. They put in Taylor Heineke, who's like a practice squad quarterback. That doesn't say a lot about confidence. I don't know what is. And then after the game, Kurt, just the final final nail in the coffin, Dwayne Haskins, at least if you're going to be bad, right? At least own up to it and like talk to the media and like just take your lumps because like you know that that you're just required to as an NFL player. I'm not one of those people who gets all snobby about talking to the media. I think the media kind of like sometimes take themselves a little I'll t- take it a little too far when they freak out when someone doesn't respond. But I do think if you're a pro athlete, it's your responsibility and you should, right? Dwayne Haskins just leaves without talking to anyone and doesn't talk to the media. So it's like I think that was just the final nail in the coffin. It was just like Own how it. many how many chances we get this guy who like isn't even like it's he's not it also seems like he's not working hard it seems like he doesn't care he's not thinking of others 
it, I, I, it's like at this point, who cares that he's a first round pick? He ain't it, and he's just bringing the team down. All these negative. They're trying to win the division with all this happening. You know what I mean? So like, I I completely understand the decision. I don't think it really matters that he's a first round pick. If if you've seen the body of evidence of what negative stuff he's brought to the table, get him off get him off the team because you don't need that heading into the fine a game that could put you into the playoffs and then heading into the playoffs as well. You don't need that. Yeah, don't need it at all. Um, so I hope he gets his figured out, but it's his career is done in Washington. Yep. So, oh, yeah. uh, moving on to the other NFC East teams. Okay. The Cowboys romp the Eagles 37, 17. Don't look now. The Cowboys have won three straight games and they scored 30 points or more in all of them. Uh, the red rocket in, in <laughs> Dallas is proving to be like a really big signing. Obviously no one expected Dak to oh, yeah. snap his knee, but they paid Andy Dalton a lot of money to be the backup oh, quarterback yeah. there and good thing they did because he's playing really really well right now and i feel like dallas is going to get into playoffs well so i was i'm glad you brought that up so next week this is what needs to happen the eagles eliminated from the playoffs the other three teams are also alive yep. the washington football team is playing the eagles it's simple for them if they win they're in yeah it's also simple if they lose they're out because if they lose the winner of the Giants-Cowboys game. It's funny that it's all divisional, but you yeah. know, that's always how it is to end the season. The winner of the Giants-Cowboys game would win the division. So at this point, like the Washington football team couldn't even beat the Panthers, who are no offense to the Panthers. Like we've talked about, they played hard for Matt Rule and all that stuff. Like I don't want to like disrespect them, but no offense. Like if we're talking about make the playoffs and you can't beat the Panthers, I don't yeah. have much confidence in you. Yikes. We just talked about Jalen Hurts balling out, right? And he's going to want to end the season on a high note. So I agree. I it's going to be a wild week for the for the Cowboys, and honestly, like they maybe it's just about getting hot at the right time. They've they're putting up points. Andy Rocket's doing the na- Andy Rocket. Andy Dalton <laughs> is doing the damn thing. So maybe he's like, uh, "Fuck you, Cincinnati. I'm gonna do this shit in Dallas." Yeah, perhaps. And I, I, I mean, I'll look at it later. But I would not be shocked at all to see the Eagles somehow beat Washington. Jalen right. Hurts has a good game, and then the Cowboys beat the Giants, and they go right. And so. we're talking about the Washington football team and the Cowboys being the most deserving, but the Giants could also somehow beat the Cowboys yeah. and they make it. So who knows? Which would be interesting if the Giants somehow get in. They're right. the four seed. So they would they would be the four seed. They play the five seed. Yeah, I was you right. know who the five seed is? I think it's the Bucks. Right? It's the Bucks. It's Tom Brady. <laughs> I'm trying to think what. Yeah, I would say. I mean, I I know we have our thing with the Giants. Honestly, with a former Patriots coach running the defense. I would. Oh, didn't they only beat the Giants by like two or by something? Like two or three year? points. Yeah, yes. so that would be a little spicy Yeesh. for the Bucks. We'll see. Anyway, huge game in the NFC West. Seahawks taking on the Rams for what was the division. Um, I have nothing to say other than what a pitiful performance by the Rams. Yeah, and we've talked about the Seahawks defense. I feel like almost every week and all season long, they looked pretty good this game, which is like exactly what they needed because I think you and I both were on the record saying, you know, Russell Wilson is going to do his thing. They just can't put too much pressure on him to play at like a record breaking level every single game, the Seattle defense. And again, it's hard for me to be like, is it because it was the Rams? Like I know Jared Goff hasn't, has been up and down. He also got injured in this game and we're going to, well, I think we mentioned it earlier, but he's out for next week. I think he had thumb surgery and he, if it heals well, would we'll be back for the playoffs, but he's yeah. at least out for next week. Yep. So that's obviously part of this as well. But like, good for the Seahawks because I think I think we literally said if they want to do anything in the playoffs, they need to clean it up on defense, and this is a step definitely in the right direction for them. Yeah, they they cleaned it up. So encouraging sign from Seattle, who's going to be uh, one of the top three seeds in the NFC. Um, so we'll see where 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 they go. But if that defense can start building off this performance and potentially get a little bit hot 
Seattle can be a very, very, oh, very yeah. dangerous team down the stretch here. Oh, yeah. Speaking of dangerous people. Oh, boy. He's a bad man. He's a bad he's man. He's a bad man. Aaron Rodgers, we talked about it briefly when we talked about fantasy earlier. Packers absolutely pooped down the Titans' throats, 40-14. to This was a big game for the Titans, too, because they could have clinched the division. They did not because if the Titans had won this game and the Colts had lost, the Titans would have been division champs. Um, I don't know if the, if, if the Titans just don't like the snow, but they played like they did not want to be there. Yeah, tough if they don't like snow considering playoffs are always in the winter and that is <laughs> always a possibility for what it could be. So I don't have a lot of crazy takeaways from this game. My I have two things, really. Number one, we knew Aaron Rodgers was good. It still is crazy, though, that, like, he ha- I think he has, like, 44 touchdown passes this year. Obviously, I know it sounds obvious. He's the oldest he's ever been. He ain't getting any younger. So it's crazy how amazing he's still playing. And, you know, maybe some of that is, like, we saw this with uh, Brady and Garoppolo. Like, when we drafted Garoppolo, Brady just responded with, like, unbelievable play. Packers draft Jordan Love. There was all this talk before the season. Aaron Rodgers is bought out. But just him and Devonta Adams is, like, one of the most electric combos in the NFL. Like, we're approaching all time at this point because yeah. you would not expect in – I said this earlier. You would not expect in all the snow – for the focus to be so much on the passing game, right? When it's like harder to run crisper routes, you just the explosiveness isn't always there, the sharp cuts aren't always there, the ball is slippery because it's snowing, whatever it might be. And then he still goes out and has like three or four, I don't know how many total touchdowns he had, but in a million yards and a million catches, that's crazy. Yeah. So that's my thing for the Packers. Like we knew they were good, but like if you can do that in the snow, you can do that whenever, right? So that's good. The other thing, it's very simple. I think this is a direct quote from you, either on the pick six this week or last week. Titans seem solid, but you can't trust their defense. Yep, period. That this game shows it because yep. they they honestly they only put up 14 points, that's not that many, but they look good at times, but they I mean you just can't be letting up 40 no, points. No. Tannehill so. didn't look that good. Derrick Henry's longest run was 10 yards, which is crazy. It felt like a Derrick Henry game and obviously they got down uh, the Titans got down big, so it right. kind of eliminates the run game and forces you into throwing the right. ball more, but Derrick Henry's longest run 10 yards. However, the Packers did kind of sell out, stop the run. They 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 showed yeah. no respect to Tannehill. They were like we're going to put Eight guys, very similar to how people don't show respect to the Patriots. I was going to say that. It's like, yeah, they just load the box and say, throw it, or we're going to beat you. Well, uh, Kurt, another team that didn't show respect to the Patriots was the Bills this year, if we're all done with the Titans-Packers, because the uh, just to get right into it, I, yeah, we've reached time. the portion it's of time. this where we've talked about all the other teams, we've made fun of some teams, we've praised some teams. We're going to do that again right now, and it's not what we're going to want to do, because we're not going to be praising the Patriots for that at all, but for the first time since like 2000, you ready? a division team, I'm ready, I'm, I'm getting into it right now, so right. I'm just going to keep go. talking if, as long as you're ready. For the first time since 2000 a team swept the Patriots in the division, which was the Bills. So 38-9 to was the final score. It was bad. Kurt, I, there's just a lot of bad. So I usually you do the segues for this. I just felt it was right. I felt I had to contribute. You always right. do the segues. That I just wanted, right. to, I wanted to get a segue right. in there for right. me. You know, I just want to help you out. I'm a, I'm a helpful guy. That being said, you're going to help me out because, Kurt, where do you even want to start? So like you mentioned, <laughs> first time a division opponent has beat has swept the Patriots yep. since 2000. This was the first game in the history of Gillette Stadium that they called an irrelevant game. It had no uh, playoff implications for the Patriots. That's crazy. It had no it had nothing to do with standings. I don't even know what to say. In the history of Gillette Stadium. Yikes. The first time. <laughs> I it that is 
it's unfathomable to think about. And it just, I think this season is, I've said it a lot on the podcast, because the Patriots have been so bad this year, it's made me reflect on how superior they've been for two decades and how I took it for granted every single, oh yeah, every single weekend. Oh yeah. Because like we've talked about too, this is normally when our preseason ends yep. and we're about to get into the regular season. Because it's just it's a guarantee the Patriots are a top two seed. They're going. Who are they playing? Do they get a buy? What's happening? Blah blah blah. They have yeah, home. The field. drama is who are we playing? Yes. Not when or, or like or, if are we getting going, in? Yeah. Are we going to sneak in? Yeah. Um, but I think this game. I want to start at the top. Okay. So you lose thirty-eight to nine. We'll get into the quarterback stuff in a second. A couple weeks ago, when we played at Orchard Park up in Buffalo. The Patriots should have hype. You can you can easily say they should have won the game. Yeah. It comes down Can't to a fumble, fumble. Yep. Um, deep in Bills territory. <sighs> you looked competitive with the Bills, who are obviously a very 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 good team this this year. It is very clear to see, and I know there were a lot of injuries to the Patriots. I know. It is very clear to see how big the gap is between these two teams. Oh yeah, not just at quarterback, but all up and down the roster. The Buffalo Bills are a far superior team in almost in almost every facet. So, moving forward in this division, uh, the crown has been passed. It is the torch has been passed. The wow. crown has been passed. Whatever you want to call it, Buffalo Buffalo's king right now. So now, okay, as a Patriots start this rebuild, call it what you want. I'm gonna. It's a rebuild. Um, it's it's weird to say, but now it's how do you dethrone Buffalo? That's the first step. The first step is how are you going to get to how are you going to get to Buffalo's level? Are you going to follow Miami's path? Are you going to trade away some of your best players? Like when they traded Jeremy Tunsil right. and they got all those picks back, are you going to start loading off some of those people? It's just this is going to be a crazy, crazy offseason for the Patriots. And Lewis Riddick, one of the Monday Night Football's announcers, said last night that. Uh, in the meeting, Lewis Riddick and, and Belichick are tight. Mm-hmm. Like there, that there's no, don't get that mixed up. They're tight. Um, and Lewis Riddick said, in no uncertain terms, Bill was fired up for this offseason because we've talked about the Patriots have the fourth most cap room in the NFL right now. And not only is not only that, right? Because the cap is not going up, it's actually going down because of COVID this year and the NFL not bringing in enough revenue. There are already sixteen teams in the NFL who would be over the cap for next year. So you're going to start there. People are going to start releasing players. They're going to have to re- try to re- rework contracts, blah, 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 blah. The Patriots are in a very good spot cap wise. Okay. Obviously they're going to have to address the quarterback situation somehow. Is it a rookie? Do they trade for somebody? Is it a free agent? We're going to get into that quarterback carousel later. I promise we do that. We're going to do that. But that's the first, the first thing you have to do. You obviously have to rework your, your skill position because it's atrocious. It's, it's yeah, just, say it lightly. It's just downright bad. Okay. <laughs> I think there's one skill player that has earned a roster spot next Myers. year, and that's Jacoby Myers. Thank God. Yeah. Everybody else, <laughs> you might not be on the roster next year. I mean, there, obviously, there will be You're some right. of them. Like, you know, you just invested two third round picks into tight ends who have been terrible, but I know it's hard for them to produce. But damn, like, when do the excuses end? Because I see all these other rookies out there. Right. And they're performing. They're not doing great, but they're performing. Doing something. Devin Asiasi was a third-round pick and doesn't have a catch this year. That's almost unfathomable. Last night, he had two drops and allowed a sack. <laughs> Dalton Keene was on the field for three plays. That's your third-round picks? 
Yeesh. 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 Not good. It's just there are a lot of question marks up and down this roster. And I Lewis Riddick made it sound like Bill Belichick is ready for up for the challenge. But this Patriots roster you see right now is not what you're going to see next year. And I went through it with you, the, the, all the free agents. Yeah. But don't don't expect a lot of people back. Like, expect some of these big names to be gone. Yeah. And on that sort of same note, I, that makes me a little excited as well because we've seen that even if we've had our draft struggles, it seems like whether it's trades or free agents, Belichick has at least been solid in, like, finding value or finding players that, like, you know, maybe needed a fresh start and turning them into stars. So that I'm excited about as well. I don't know if you've – let me just ask you. This is something we prepped. Like, what about all the people who opted out for COVID? I know there were some rumors about retirement. I know that some of them are old. Like, are we – is that also something we're excited for? Not only to get all this new cap space with players who might be cut or whatever else, but then on top of that, we're already getting, hopefully, people – key players returning. Like, is that another thing we're looking at? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Bill Belichick was asked about that this week. Um. Who knows if they're going to be back? Like, what if this COVID thing's not figured out? I mean, hopefully, hopefully it is. Right. But there have been reports, like we mentioned, uh, there are reports that Donta Hightower right. is not coming back. Um, Chung, too. do you do you want Patrick Chung back? He's right. this, he's the same person Kyle Duggar is for a lot more money. Uh, Marcus Cannon plays right tackle. Michael and Wayne has been great. Do you want to pay Marcus Cannon nine million dollars? Like these are all questions that right. like. Belichick's going to have to answer. It's like this season, you got some things answered. You saw Kyle Duggar. That there are flashes that he could be a real player. Michael Wainu, home run pick in the sixth round. Hightower, that's the one. You, if he doesn't come back, you're going to miss him right. badly. Yes. You're going to miss him badly. Oh Our linebacker play is atrocious. Yeah. They talked about it on the, on the broadcast last night. Matt Milano, the Buffalo Bills linebacker, who had 14 tackles last night, is a free agent. Or... As a, as a restricted free agent. So it's the same type of thing that happened when we had when we got Chris Hogan from Buffalo. Right. We see, You have to sign them to an offer sheet. And you have to do it, the offer sheet where you, if you're going to submit one, it has to be one that you're pretty confident they're not going to match. So you might have to overpay a little. So you yeah. might have to overpay a little bit. But I would I would overpay a lot of money for have to have decent linebackers again. Yeah, well, the last time we uh, got a player from the Bills uh, in free agency, it worked out pretty well for us. Mm, so. Sure did, but I expect that certain player yeah, to not I, be a Patriot yes, next year. I, and you covered that last week. It's hard for me to really disagree at this point because I'm sure he doesn't want to play for a team that's not you know elite and whatever. He's coming off – well, obviously he's injured, but, I mean, he's coming off last year when he's his value is unbelievably high. So like And this year he's team. been great. Yeah, so, again – Fortunate for him and for us that the injury wasn't as serious because if we can get – and it pains me to say this, but if we're rebuilding, like Gilmore was a perfect addition when it was like Super Bowl or bust. But now that it's not that, now that it's like we're rebuilding and we have no idea what it's going right. to be, if we can get some good value, then it's hard for me to disagree. Yeah. Especially if he only has one year left and it's hard for us to imagine re-signing him to a huge deal. I will say this too. Um, obviously, Stephon Gilmore didn't play. He tore his quality at surgery. He's done for the year. J.C. Jackson was hot and cold last night. He had some really, really phenomenal plays, but then he had some really bad plays too. And I know he went up against Stephon Diggs, and Stephon Diggs leads the NFL in receptions and receiving yards. So obviously you're not going up against Humpty Dumpty. You're going up <laughs> at – I don't know why I said Humpty Dumpty. That was the first that was thing fantastic. That, that was the first thing that came to my mind. <laughs> I love it. Um, but he's, you're not going up against Joe Schmo. Like that was right. a legit proven number one right. who's been – unbelievable for Buffalo this year. And that's the kind of playmaker you're a Patriot. The Patriots need, right? So I don't care if it's a rookie. I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's Allen Robinson, Chris Godwin. You need somebody yes. like that yes. who is going to strike fear into an opponent. Yes. Cause right now, Jacoby Myers is a nice piece. 
He's a nice piece. You Nikhil Harry. Be, yes. Yeah, Nikhil Harry's not striking fear into anybody. Demir Bird, love him. Hope he comes back as a number two or number three. But there are huge question marks that need to get filled before you start talking about those guys. And you made a face when I said his name. Let's the game opens last night, and the Patriots go up tempo. They go no huddle. I was like, oh, this is a nice little surprise. Third play of the game. Little trickery. <laughs> trickery. I shit on Josh McDaniels, and he, he didn't do a great job last night, but he had a good first script, and he he scripted a touchdown. Why does it feel also, before we get into it, why does it happen every week, and then it all goes downhill? I feel like we always have a good like start to the game, and then it's like we just can't do you, anything after. So that's typically what happens. Like I remember when I was, again, it's high school. It's comparing apples to oranges. But right. you... You go all week during film review, uh, when you're reviewing a team and what you expect them to do, you come up with a plan and you establish the game plan. So that those first 10 plays or whatever, you have scripted out. So when you make your script, it's like, okay, we're going to, before they can adjust to anything, okay. it's like, let's, we're pretty confident they're going to line up. Like if we come out in X, they're going to line up in Y. So how we were pretty confident about that. So more, more times than not, you get the look you expect early in the game, and then later in the game, that there's the it's the game of chess. Okay. Things adjust. But the Patriots got exactly what they wanted on the first couple of plays. They Tony Michelle ran for like 29 yards on the second play. Yep. Um, they and it was interesting, and I'm sure it's part of the game plan. They went heavy to the right side and ran a toss to the left, to the weak side. You don't hardly ever see toss to the weak side of a formation, but it went for 29 yards. So that must have been something Mc, yeah. McDaniel saw in, in preparation. It was like, okay, we're going to exploit that early. And then he draws up a play. He pitches it to, I think it was Michelle. Uh, it was someone. But yeah, I know what you're talking It was about. a pitch to the right who threw it back to Cam, who threw the ball deep down the field to Demir Bird, hit him right in the chest plate. Should have been a 50-yard touchdown. Twas not. Uh, Bird dropped it, and then the Patriots had to settle for a field goal. I couldn't. My jaw dropped when it I was, was watching it's it. It's just the only way to explain the 2020 season for the Patriots. That that summed it up. And they were competitive in this game. And the, the Patriots' defense did fly around early in this game. They really, really, really did. They looked like they, Therese Hall was hitting like a crazy man. Um, Uche was getting after the quarterback. Winovich was get, playing his ass off. Um, Cam scrambled into the end zone to make it 10 to nine. Nick Folk missed an extra point, which he's been so consistent this year. I'm not going to knock Nick Folk. Right. Um, but after it was 10 to nine, obviously the wheels fell off for the Patriots. Oh yeah. The Big wheels time. fell off. More injuries happened. Shaq Mason, David Andrews leave the game hurt. Um, Anthony Jennings, one of the, like our fifth string linebacker was playing the second string linebacker left the game hurt. Josh Uche left the game hurt. Devin McCourty left the game hurt. <laughs> Uh, it's just like this. It was almost funny. The chuckles. The chuckles. It was like, what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, like I mentioned, the gap is huge between the Bills and the Patriots. The Patriots have a lot of ways to get better this offseason. Now it's up to Bill to do it. Yeah, and here's here's what I'll say, Kurt. I, I don't disagree at all that, especially this year, and again, with it looking like Josh Allen should be there for years to come. Sean McDermott doesn't seem like he's going anywhere. They have the pieces there to continue this, right? Definitely understand the torch being passed kind of to the bills especially with the way they're playing this year but like you said at the same time it is so hard to envision or really even say what our team is going to look like next year you can you can confidently say that the bills shouldn't look that much different next year but the patriots like we could see this either be an aberration we could see it either continue to get worse next year we could see us just become unreal depending on who our quarterback and what we add so that's why i'm i'm a little excited and i'm not it's hard for me to really say for sure anything about what the patriots will do next year cuz cuz again i have all the different pieces we have 
I definitely agree, though, that the Bills are a force. And another thing that you kind of mentioned that is also something we should say. I mean, we're we could al- could almost be like third in the division at this point because yep. the Dolphins even have yep. a better record than us. I'm more confident as you are as well of saying that like, the Bills are a force and like they're the team to fear. The Dolphins, who really knows? Because like we said, we like is Fitz going to stay there? Is Tua going to play? Like we don't know. There's more question marks for the Dolphins. But the, your overall point of us going from. 20 years straight of, you know, always having a playoff implication game at Gillette, Tom Brady leading us 12 and four, basically every year playoffs every year. We went from the pinnacle, the peak of that to like third place in our division and looking bad. And the only team we're better, better than is the jets. Right. Yeah. That, that is Kurt. Where did, where did time? And the jets should have beat us this year and they should have beat the Raiders. So we have one more game against the jets. Exactly. So, and I'm not going to say I'm rooting for the jets, but I'm also, did yeah. you see that the reports that Adam Gase could be the Patriots? Dude, where is that coming from? I don't know who that's coming from. That's alarming. Why is it coming from like three different sources? And I'm not going to lie to you. If the Jets move on from Sam Darnold Dar- and yeah. Adam Gase comes to the Patriots and our quarterback situation isn't figured out, I don't know what to think about that. I want I want Sam uh, Sam Bradford. I want Sam Darnold. I want no part of Adam Gase. Could you imagine if no. Gase is the no. quarterback coach and no. Darnold comes? No. If they you can't. think about no. it, you're Darnold. No, 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 you're no, like, no. I finally got out of New York and Adam Gase is still with me? No. It can't be. It literally couldn't be. <laughs> that would it, be absurd. It could not be. Yeah. Um, but let's you – know, okay, real quick. You yeah, remember how right. I talked about a couple weeks ago that the Patriots won a, a high school offense? Yes. It's a high school offense. Yeah. Um, the fact that you, th- it's all a, it is the most boring offense in the history to watch Two, or I mean, B, um, it's, it's a, you think you can run on every play and you, you simply can't. Um, and it's so easy that the it, teams can play man to man against your receivers that anytime they blitz you, they're going to get home because the receivers can't separate and your quarterback is a dead arm and your line can't hold up against eight people. It just, that's, that's what it can't happen. So. Let's talk about the Patriots quarterback play here for a second because uh, Cam Newton, 5 of 10 for 34 yards. Kurt, 34. 34 yards. 34. 34. David Ortiz. Shout shout out Big Bobby. Yeah. I think Paul Pierce too, right? Wasn't he 34? Yeah. Yeah. The truth. (laughs) Uh, The truth is, I mean, Kurt, that's unthinkable. That's like you you played the first drive and got injured. That's not you played – well, he didn't play the whole game because he didn't came in. But, like, that's – that is – one of the more bizarre things I've ever seen. Five of ten for thirty-four yards. I mean, that's crazy. Then Sedum comes in and goes four of eleven for forty-four yards. <laughs> so your quarterback play nine of twenty-one for fifty-six yards, a three-point-seven average. Yeah, I mean that. Makes I mean, no what sense. are we doing? Yeah, Kurt. I mean, so okay. Is it safe to say we're going to get into the quarterback carousel here in a minute? Okay. Is it safe to say the Patriots twenty twenty-one quarterback is not on this roster? Okay. Here's here's what I'll say, Kurt starting no yes I, I know there's been a lot of hate towards cam and towards him i don't think cam would be interested in coming back for backup i'm okay with us saying maybe Sidham isn't ready yet i'd be fine with him continuing on as a backup is he the starter absolutely not i've seen all i need to see to know that Sidham is not the starter yet yeah. so if we're talking starters and it let's not disrespect him starter is not hoyer either let's just i'm gonna throw that out there we're he's got to retire right <laughs> he's got to probably retire yeah. he came back kind of it felt like for like tom brady but it's like oh brady's gone so yeah. hoyer's like uh who do i even fucking know here yeah um so yeah so i, I think he's gonna quarterback, be the quarterback coach next year hoyer. yeah i think hoyer's gonna be the quarterback be, coach next year i would be completely fine with that a yeah. belichick guy he, yep. even though even though he is a belichick guy he also brings perspective because he did go to like a couple other teams for yeah. a while and so, they, like, his family moved to new england he said permanently he's like they're not moving yeah, he's like, i'm so not moving my kids again i i honestly like yeah. again i don't think you need to be the goat to be a good coach so like no. I, he, i'd be fine with hoyer yeah me too coach. 
Me too. But it's yeah, I don't think the starters on this no. roster. If it is, God fucking help us. Yeah. Um, my one bright spot last night. I'm ready. The run game. Yeah, like you said, Sonny Michelle. I know I just called it a high school offense, but if you if the opposing defense knows for certain you're running the ball and you can still rush for 145 yards yeah. and average six yards a carry, you're doing something right. Yeah. Okay, Sony Michelle, 10 for 69. JJ Taylor, six for 38. Yeah, Cam, I four saw for that. 24. Um, Damien Harris is out again. Right. If you have a backfield next year with a, with Damien Harris and Sony Michelle, I know I talked about this last week, you're in a good spot. Yeah. You're in a really, really good oh, yeah. spot. Split carries, split time. Damien Harris is your starter, no question. I'm not saying Sony Michelle should start. But if you can if you can spell Damien Harris and save him some hits and run Sony Michelle, Sony Michelle has ran angry the last two weeks. And Kurt, this might be a blessing in disguise. Because I think when Damien Harris bursts onto the scene when Michelle is out, our thoughts were kind of like, all right, Harris is number one, Michelle, I don't care, maybe he's gone, whatever. I'm glad that he's taking advantage of this opportunity right now. Like you said, running hard, running angry, because he's almost playing his way into the plans for next year, right? Because like, Yeah, oh, he definitely is. Yeah, at this point, I'm, I'm glad. This, oh. I have one deep sigh. Yeah, <laughs> James White is a free agent, and I you don't love James. White. I love James White, and I don't think he's going to come back next year. Here's only the because Kurt. we don't have a passing offense. If he's right. if he's going to try to, it's it's very similar to why Brady left. Brady's like, right. if I want to make the most out of the what's left of my playing career, I have to go maximize my opportunities with a team where I'm going to succeed. James White is not going to ever succeed on a team that runs ISO and power. Like, that's not James White. James White is a pass-catching back. So, I feel like perhaps J.J. Taylor could be that role next year, and James White will be gone. So, James White to the Bucks confirmed, uh, which is what we're going to keep seeing. <laughs> and that's what they need. The Bucks need someone out of the backfield who can catch the football. Yikes. So, uh, yeah. the Tampa Bay uh, Patriots are going to be fun to root for. But, um, <sighs> Jesus Christ. I, here's another thing, Kurt. It's... He, again, he is a Super Bowl. He won an MVP, right? Didn't James White win one of the Super Bowl MVPs? Or yes. He, he was something like that. He, did. he had a crazy game. He did. So he's a former Super Bowl MVP, proven winner. He, he's put the stats up. He deserves to be, like, paid respect, respectfully, I guess. Mm-hmm. Here's the problem, Kurt. It's not great value for us at all to be spending big money or really, like, any money trying to do a contract for him. And I feel bad saying that because he deserves it. But, like, when you think about it, Kurt, like, we already have our stable of running backs, the nor- like, the normal traditional power running backs, right? And like you said, we even have – isn't Rex Burkhead coming back? I know he got injured, but he's yeah, also – I don't know if he was a one-year – I don't oh, know. I'm not, okay, I'm not so positive. Possibly yeah. him, too. Probably if we wanted him, he'd be less than white. So it's like – it's not good value for us to go out and spend big on James White. It's not like I want to see him go, Kurt. I'm with you. I love he's great. But here's the other thing on the other side of the coin, Kurt. We're talking about how he doesn't fit our offense now. Who knows what our offense is going to be? Like you said, is McDaniel's coming or going? Is someone new coming yeah. in and going to be going to change the offense? What quarterback? So maybe I guess we'll just have to wait and see like some of these moves as we move forward. Like who are we bringing in for quarterback? Who and if McDaniel's goes, I, if we're if if I can segue to the next topic, which I've been thinking about as we're talking. Do you think McDaniels is going to go? Like, yes. would he want to go? Or, or okay, so it's two questions. Do you think he w- wants to go, which you said yes. But, like, do you think other teams are going to want to maybe after seeing this year? Because here's what I'm thinking, right? You have the Jaguars who are going to get Trevor Lawrence, and they have a low-key, you know, James Robinson and some good wide receivers there. Would they want someone like McDaniels? I'm sure McDaniels would love to go to a situation like that, I would assume, right? But, like, would they want him? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't think so. Because if you look at Josh McDaniels' record of... Oh, with the Broncos. Well, not even the record with the Broncos. The record of developing a quarterback. (laughs) He didn't do it with TiVo. I don't think he's ever done it. 
He's Boyd, that's my point. That's my point. He's never <laughs> yeah. been able to develop a quarterback. Right. Look at Cam. Look at Stidham. Right. Look at Ryan Mallett for all those years. Look at right. all those guys. Okay. <laughs> I mean, Garoppolo, maybe you could say yeah. maybe, but yeah. um, Jacoby Brissett, maybe he's not doing anything. I know, shutting up the Wolfpack. Yeah. The, oh God. <laughs> How did we go from that like three years ago to the, what we have now? Sheesh. Sheesh. Life comes at you fast. Um, but I don't think he'll be back. I think he'll find a job somewhere, but I don't. It doesn't feel right. Yeah. Right. It doesn't feel like a good mix right now. Okay. Um, Sorry. Didn't mean to interrupt. Continue. No, you're good. It just didn't feel like a Patriots team last night. They were dumb off size penalties. Their challenge was stupid. When was the last time you seen Belichick's challenge something that's stupid? Yeah. It, Kurt, and you know what? I'm just going to attribute this to. I mean, when's the last time we played a game that had no implications like this? Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, we don't even know. Not only do we not know how to do that, it we just it seemed like we just didn't know. You know who we tells Bill to challenge the plays? Uh, it's Ernie Adams. Oh, God. So Ernie Adams, hot seat, pink stripes. <laughs> pink stripes. Pink stripes. Yeah, it's just ugh, not good. And, like, this offense as a whole, three straight games under yeah. under 20 under twenty points scored. We have under, 24, no, under 12 points yeah. scored. We have 24 total in our last three games, Kurt. Bruno, that's just simply – I mean, averaging eight points a game over a three-game start, what are we, the Jets? I've – it feels like we're the goddamn Jets. It, that's what it feels like, and I feel like that game this week's going to be. Kurt, let me ask you this: Do I don't know if the lines are already out? Uh, are who's favored in the, the Patriots Jets game? Next the Pats week? will be favored, but I bet it'll be like by like one. Ugh. Um, I gotta find it. What are you looking for? Um, there's this one stat. Oh yeah, minus three. That's the that's the opening line so far for the Patriots. It is at home, so maybe. Oh wait, don't they usually say home team gets three points? Usually. So on a neutral field, it would be a pick'em. That's a disgusting sight for a Patriots. Yeah, that's simply not what you're looking for. Yes. I, don't, I don't believe that's what you're looking for. Yes. I can't find it. It doesn't matter. Okay. But the Patriots, I guess, have there have been four instances this year where a team has been held under twelve points three straight games, and the Patriots are two of them. That's disgusting. Terrible. Simply not what you're looking for. Yeah. So that's terrible. And then. Um, Two more points before we yep. get into this quarterback carousel. Okay. Yep. Did you see the thing about Julian Edelman? How he might retire. Yep. Yeah. I Kurt, I think you mentioned this way earlier in the season yeah. when he like first was injured. I think you brought this up a long time ago. We haven't talked about it recently because again, he's just been out for a while and then we thought he was coming back and he's not. I don't know what to think. I could could we say that maybe he's waiting to decide until he sees is McDaniels here or not in what our quarterback is? Perhaps. What's his con? Is he? He's still- under contract. Okay, I don't want him to retire, but like, is he going to be? Could Belichick trade him? What would you trade him? I mean, I don't know. If, what I think the only team you is- trade him is to the Bucks, right? Yeah. Because- what's his? But what is he? What is he worth? Like, what is Julian Edelman with one year coming off a of knee surgery worth? Uh, fifth round pick, maybe, yeah. maybe. I don't know. So that's just it's. If this is the end for Julian Edelman, I said it last night. Like, it will never be duplicated. You'll never have someone a seventh round pick do what he did. He is he is the reason him and Tom are the reason we've won three Super Bowls in this second part of the Patriots dynasty. His transformation from a solely a punt returner, he was playing defense like Troy Brown used to back yeah, in the day. Shout like, out Troy Brown, and then he's become he's a Hall of Famer in my book, and it's I hope he gets there. If you want to solely base it off of his playoff production, fine, he deserves to go. He, what he's done is ridiculous for the oh, Patriots yeah. and for the NFL. Oh yeah. Um, so if that is the end, Jules has done every. He's been the ideal patriot. It's been a joy to watch him, and I hope he comes back next year. But I'm not. I'm not going to hold my breath. Yeah, on and that. thank God we have the next Edelman and uh, Gunnar Olszewski on the team. So. It feels like it. I'm not kidding. It does. It feels <laughs> like it. And then the last thing I want to get to, because we have talked for a while, is Cam Newton finally showing f- signs of frustration. Oh yeah. 
Cam has been a stand-up teammate. He's been a leader. There's a, the way Belichick and McDaniel's talk about him. It's like it's like the, he's a son to them. They love Cam Newton. But ESPN showed a um, a graphic last night that showed Cam Newton's schedule. Okay, 4:20 a.m. alarm goes off. 4:30 leaves the house. 8 a.m. first sip of coffee. Home at home and asleep at 11:30 p.m. That's just that's not enough sleep. Yeah, there's, there's multiple takeaways in this, but yeah. there's not enough sleep. There's a that's a ridiculous to wait four hours to drink your first sip of coffee. Yeah, but he was asked about it last night. Yeah, and he had a he had a quote that showed he was frustrated for the first time. And I retweeted something last night that was like, "You don't have to like Cam Newton, and you like you can certainly shit on what he's done on the field because it's been bad. And like I've done it, you've done it, we've all done it. Mm-hmm. But you simply cannot criticize Cam for." everything that he's done this season and the amount of effort and energy he has put into trying to help the Patriots win. Like you, if you're doing that, then I'm questioning your character because that's not what the issue has been. Yeah. And one of the most frustrating things as a sports fan is when you have a team or a player or whatever it is, that's bad. Right. And like, we've seen it before, you know, everyone has bad players or bad moments or whatever like that. But one of the most frustrating things is when it seems like they're just – it's kind of like Dwayne Haskins, right? It seems like they're out partying. It seems like they're not working hard. It seems like they're not putting the time in or whatever. It seems like they're not taking it seriously. That drives you nuts as a sports fan because obviously you're taking it seriously, right? Like you're invested in your team. The other players on the team and other people are invested in it too. And so that's one of the most frustrating things. And so the one thing, again, like you said about Cam that I will absolutely agree with, I, it, it's hard to – it's hard to look at him in a complete way because it's two sides of the coin. We see his on the field stuff, which it's unfortunate. I was rooting for him. I wanted both for him and the Patriots to work on the field simply has not like, there's no way around it through for 34 yards simply has not. But at the same time, you can't, like you said, you can't knock his work ethic and his hard work over the course of this whole season in one of the most challenging times you could even do it. His first new team ever moving across the country in COVID, like the list of things without any wide receivers with coaches out with whatever. And he hasn't complained about it. Yeah. And so he's worked his ass off and I, I think you just have to respect it. Like, sure. You can say he's not the future, but at the same time, you can't say that he didn't give it his all. And you just have to respect that as a fan. Like if someone's giving it all, like even if they're not producing results on the field, you can't just sit there and be like, he's doing nothing. Correct. You really can't. So when he was asked about this, yesterday he had a long answer he said when asked he was asked about the schedule he said that's been my schedule 90 percent of the time that i've been here so you can kind of understand the frustration that i do have when i don't have the outcome because i'm sacrificing so much you're talking to a person who hasn't seen his kids in three months obviously the contract is what it is submitting myself to this team is something that i've been doing since day one being accessible and yeah it's frustrating it makes you mad it makes you angry knowing that you that, that to be a trusted teammate, you have to first submit to authority and submit to what other coaches are asking you to do. And I feel like I have done that. I'm not in the place to blame. I am more or less venting right now because I have sacrificed so much this year. And it hurts when you have an outing like tonight and just go home and start it over for the next whole week. So cl- clearly frustrated. Some interesting tidbits in there about submitting yeah, himself to I the team. Yeah. So it's just feeling like he ha- like he came in and realized, okay, I'm a, I'm a patriot. And this is what the Patriots have to do and right. there's not no one is above anybody else and it's just it makes it feel like it was never a fit and it Bill obviously respects the shit out of Cam and I think I Cam has said Cam literally said last night it's a mutual respect between him and Bill like he loves Bill but it's just I it, the fit just doesn't seem like it's there yeah and I 
I don't even know if I have any much more to add. No, just I agree. It's unfortunate, but like, you know, it's, we said a lot of things before we saw it. And, you know, again, I think a lot of the things at that point were like, let's see how it plays out. Well, at this Kurt, at this point, Kurt, we've seen how it played out. So yeah, no doubt about it. And one last, I I keep saying one last point, one last point. The paid, here's something that bothers me. And I saw this on a tweet because why, why else would I have, what else would I have seen it? Um, Um, when people talk about Belichick needing to prove himself, being like people are like, oh, Belichick only he rode Brady's coattails, blah blah blah. It's funny how that's changed, by the way, because it's always Brady was riding Belichick's coattails, right. and then Brady did a, had a good season. And everyone's like, oh, never mind, other way around. Yeah. Well, why why does Bra- why does Belichick even have to win without Brady? Because I saw this tweet and it made me think. It was like, did Bill Walsh Bill Walsh have to prove he could, he could win without Montana? Did Jimmy Johnson prove it without Troy Aikman? Chuck Noll without Bradshaw? Vince Lombardi without Bart Starr? Like, no. None of those coaches had to prove they right. could win without those guys. They just won with them. Yeah. So why does Belichick have to go win without Brady? Yeah, by far and away, the most telling sign of, like, a successful, consistently successful coach is having a great quarterback. Like, that's just, yeah. that's how it works. And they, we said it a thousand times, they needed each other. Brady yes. and Bill needed each other yes. to make it work. There's a reason six Super Bowl banners are hanging in Gillette, and it's because of both of them. Yeah, and again, if you really want to throw this out there, you can point to what Belichick did before he came to the Patriots. Like, people just seem to yeah. ignore that, that he, people are like, oh, yeah, he started his career in the Patriots. Uh, no, if you simply not. If you don't know the history, look it up, because he, he, he has won Super Bowls without the Patriots. Let's just throw that out Yes. There. Uh, under 10 minutes, and we're going to wrap this up. Okay. Okay. So this quarterback carousel thing that I flirted with last week. Okay, we're going to do it real quick. Okay, there are about 12 teams in the NFL that could be looking for new, a new quarterback next year. Okay? I'm going to go through them very fast. Okay. The Bears. Trubisky's contract is expiring. Nick Foles didn't work. Cowboys. Dak Prescott, unrestricted free agent. Obviously coming back off of a snapped leg. Broncos. Drew Locke, ain't it. Lions. Could... They move on from Matt Stafford after 12 seasons without a playoff win. Hmm. Who knows? Hmm. Colts, Phillip Rivers, free agent in March. Jaguars, I have no idea, except uh, for Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Vegas Raiders, do you move on from Derek Carr and save $20 million? Yeah. Patriots, yeah, next. Uh, Saints, Br- Breeze retirement. Okay. Jets, Sam Darnold hasn't got the job done. Is he out? 49ers, they can move on from Jimmy G and save $23 million next year. Oh, yeah. In a cap where I'm talking about the cap space, that's that's something that's to watch almost out. a guarantee. Yeah. Washington football team, obviously they cut Dwayne Haskins. Alex Smith, is he a long-term option? I don't think so. So you have the impending free agents. Cam Newton, Dak Prescott, Phillip Rivers, Trubisky. Free agents, okay? You have trade or cut candidates. Derek Carr, Sam Darnold, Nick Foles, Garoppolo, Dwayne Haskins, Drew Locke, Gardner Minshew, Matthew Stafford, Carson Wentz. And then you have the four first-round picks. Right. Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson. So those are 17-ish quarterbacks. Is one of the, who? <laughs> gun to your head. I just named 1,000 people. Who would you like to see, and who do you think could end up as a Patriot? So here's what I'll say. I don't want to commit long term, I think, to almost any of those. Like no matter who if it's if it's not a draft pick, which obviously that comes with like yep. a four year contract. If it's not a draft pick, I I don't at this point, again, without knowing our roster, I don't want to hand out a huge even not a, well, A, I don't want to hand out a huge contract to a quarterback, but B, I don't want it to be long term because it's just right now you can't guarantee anything. I think you're spot on because the only person who I think would be big money is Dak Prescott. 
Of yeah. those, because Cam Newton, no. Rivers, no. Trubinsky, not big yeah. money. Maybe even Derek Carr. Cause just but, he's, this, but, but you'd be trading for him. Oh, true. Okay, so I guess that's fair. So, yeah, I agree. And so, okay, so that's a good that's a good way to, like, situate this. If you take the contract out of it, right? So I just yep. want to say that first. Yep. If you take that out of it, we've talked about it before. I would love Matthew Stafford, Me especially too. on, like, a short-term deal. The health is a concern. We'd have to do the physicals and make sure yep. he can play. He's obviously notable for playing through injuries. That's what he's been described his whole career. That being said, if his back is literally broken, which it seems like he's been trying to carry the lines for so long that that's feasible, right? Yeah. I don't know. But, like, if he can play and he's healthy and maybe be motivated, this is the perfect – this is, like, the classic Patriots thing where it's, like, a player who, you know, got his money – wanted or played hard for all these years and now kind of towards the end of his prime, but he's still good, you know, still can get it done. He wants to win. I think that would be a good match for me. I don't know about a lot of the younger guys. Like I, who knows about a Mitch, who knows about a Derek Carr, who knows? I don't, you know, I don't want Jimmy G. Like there's all those young guys that I'm like, I'd rather just draft someone than get one of those younger guys. But if we're talking veterans, it's definitely not Phil Rivers. So I would say Stafford. That's Stafford's for me. For me, it's Stafford. For me, it's Matt Stafford. Um, I would love Sam Darnold, but I don't think the Jets will trade him in division. I don't think that will happen because he has to be traded. They're not oh, going to cut so him. So he's not his. Okay, so okay, so got it, got it, got Sam it. Darnold would be my top choice, but I don't. I don't think that's possible. So I am in agreement with you. It's either it's. I feel like Bill wants Garoppolo back because I think he's obsessed with Garoppolo. But I, I don't really want Garoppolo him. back. Um, I, my ideal, if you're asking me right now, gun to my head, you could pick an ideal three quarterbacks to have on your roster next year. I want Matthew Stafford to be the starter. I want Mac Jones or Kyle Trask. So Bama's yeah, quarterback or Florida's. Okay. Well, I like them because they're not. I want to take a receiver in the first round. Bill will probably take the fattest defensive lineman <laughs> he can find. But I want to take a playmaker. Right. If it's Kyle Pitts, the Florida tight end, fine. If it's. Either the Bama receivers or Jamar Chase from LSU, fine. One of those four would right. be ideal, which means you miss out on Fields, Lance, Lawrence, and Wilson. Right, which are, yeah, the consensus top. So that leaves like the second, the start of the second tier of quarterbacks. I think Mac Jones is going to be phenomenal. I think t- phenomenal is a lot. I think he's going to be very good. I think Kyle Trask, the Florida quarterback, is going to be very good. I feel like they're very comparable. They're very comparable players. Who Who is the... Here's the only thing that scares me about Mac Jones, and this might not be fair to him. Mm-hmm. Who was the white Alabama cornerback quarterback from like 2008 to 2012 who won like all the Heisman's and he was on the Bengals for a while? Yes, he Hot was. wife, I forget yep. Catherine what, Webb or whatever. I know his wife's name, but I don't know his name. AJ, AJ McCarron. Yeah, yeah. AJ McCarron. Okay. Yes. Not fair because I'm just <laughs> comparing him to a former white quarterback who succeeded at Alabama. Yep. So I'm not trying to say that, but that is a little scary for me because it's like uh, Mac Jones learned under. Jalen Hurts and Tua Tungavailoa, so he's he's been around good quarterbacks. That's true. Nick That's Saban true. was his court. Nick Saban was his coach. That's true. Obviously, it is do- well documented how close Saban and Belichick That's are. True. If if Saban says no, he ain't it. Bill's not going to touch him. Right. But oh, okay, so that's a good point. If yeah. we draft Mac Jones, yeah. that means that Saban. You know, I don't think Saban's going to lie about anything. I completely agree with you. If we draw, if we draft Mac Jones, we can assume that Bill and Saban talked and Saban told him the truth. So that okay, yeah. that's a good point. You've sold me on that. So Stafford, Mac Jones, who would probably be a, you might have to even trade up again to the end of the first round or take him with your second round pick. So yeah. it will depend on the draft board falls. Um but those two and then I want just Stidham's under contract, so don't cut him. He's making no yeah. money anyway, so keep him around yeah, and let him let him compete. Yeah. If he's on the practice squad, fine. But those are my three. Yeah. 
and I would be happy. I don't want Drew Locke. I don't want Gardner nope. Minshew. Nope. I don't want Carson Wentz. Absolutely I don't want not. Dwayne Haskins. Absolutely not. Nick Foles, that was nope. cute. Thanks for beating Super Bowl. Meh. Derek Carr has looked better this year, but I just the money. I just picture him. Yeah, the money, ugh, gross. But yeah. picture him throwing to Jacoby Myers. It's like I don't. What is that better than anything? We just need more. We need more. Right. Skill guys. Right. So that's that. So that's it. Stafford, Mac Jones, and Jared Siddham. Mark, mark it down. Let's bet. Let's put some money on it. Bill, figure it out. Make it happen. Make it happen. But Bruno, that's it. We talked for an hour twenty. Hey, well, Kurt. Well, we a lot to talk about. A lot of talk about. We're good at talking. What, sue us. We are. What do you want us to say? No, don't sue us. No, well, don't. Come. I took sport lot twice. So if you just be prepared to oh, come at I me, I took it once. Us. I took it once. There we go. Three there times go. between the two of us. Three times charm. <laughs> don't don't come for don't come for this ass. Okay. Yes. Bruno, as you do so eloquently, take us out of here. All right. Well, again, thank you for listening. Thanks for walking through with us. It's crazy that we're entering both the end of 2020 right now, which feels weird to say. Like, what? Like, that feels bananas. But also, we're entering the last week of the regular season. I, that doesn't make any sense. I'm sa- I'm kind of sad because it's always fun doing these recaps. Yeah. And, like, you just don't – you don't think as it's going on that it's going to end. And then, like, all of a sudden, it's at the yeah. end. It's like, we have what? one Patriot game left. Crazy. Woof. So – Again, like I'm sure we'll talk more about this next week, but again, we appreciate everyone listening and reaching out and engaging. You just look like yeah. you thought. Last, this was the last one of 2020. Yeah. Happy New Year. Yeah. You, obviously Woof. to you as well. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's been crazy, but we appreciate the appreciate the ride. Obviously, next week will be very fun to talk through because it's all the playoffs things that we've been talking all season are going to come to a head. So looking forward to seeing how that all unravels, as you will. But as always, um, listen to us on Sunday for our final pick six i guess well the final picks well well because we could do the playoffs but yeah it won't be six well, then we'll be six well games. it will be six in the first round but yeah, it just won't be pick them final regular season pick six pick coming ems. up yeah. <laughs> in the in the uh in the in the regular season um don't look at the standings because uh nope. Kurt has already won and we uh, unless we do oh wait <gasps> we should do playoff games or double no double or nothing like jeopardy final jeopardy and then the super bowl is do you, you can what, bet everything in the do you super remember bowl. what our bet was oh I think I have to sing. <laughs> I have to sing the play in the field. Whatever, I'll I'll, I'll get my practice singing play in the field and draw. We'll do. We'll figure that out later. God oh, damn it! God. I can't believe I just brought that up. <laughs> Anyways, thank you all for listening. See you Sunday for the pick six, and we will see you next time on playing the field. Bye guys. Playing the field.